I'm Charlotte Ravi and welcome to the Knobbly Knees podcast where we discuss whatever. Okay, so this week's guest, I have... Noah. 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 Noah is someone that I've sort of mentioned in pretty much every single episode of the podcast. Such a bad reputation already. (laughs) I'm always going to, whenever I say I have a friend or there is a friend who's done something or another, I'm always referring to Noah. (laughs) Yeah. It's my extensive drag race knowledge, just like (laughs) reality TV too much. (laughs) Too much. (laughs) Yeah, Noah's a big drag race fan massive absolutely i mean ridiculous. when did this start how old when like what season oh i mean the first season i watched was season nine but the first season i watched in real time was season 10 because like i kind of got introduced to it by a friend halfway through season nine and ten so after season nine dead before season 10 but since then i've watched every season that has ever aired and then watched every other season as it airs, so I've mm. watched about 20 seasons of Drag Race at this point in the space of wow. four years. Wait, do you watch the international ones? I watch, so internationally I watch the Canada, UK and Down Under, but I haven't seen Thailand or Spain or Holland, but no. I do want to see Holland. Oh really? Is yeah. it good? Have you I mean, I've heard it's good and the, the winner is supposed to be amazing and she apparently kills the entire season. Have they all sort of started within the past couple of years? Yeah, I think there wasn't really any international seasons. Then UK One was the first in like 2019. Mm-hmm. And then there was a space, there were like six international seasons in the space of a year. Yeah. Actually, I'm wrong. Thailand was first. Oh, then really? it was UK One. Hmm. But there's a lot now. I know, I saw stuff of like Michelle Visage saying she was like trying to get the uk one happening for like years, and years yeah and exactly and apparently she also wants to do a bio drag bio queens and drag king kind of show as well so kind what of does that mean? Fi- so they, she have drag kings on there which is traditionally women dressing up as men like in extravagant clothes all right and then also bio queens which would be like females doing drag so not just like for example jiggy caliente who was male and then transitioned, but people who come in from the beginning as female. Do they not do that? Do they not have transgender? They sort of do. They say, oh, we're open to everyone, but it's kind of just Rue covering his back because they never did. And then as people have come out as transgender, he's let them back on for all stars, but he's never really let any transgender females on or females on. Is he on in charge of like who gets in on the show? I thought... He has the final say because when you look at like, all the credits and whatever he is the executive producer mm-hmm. so it is his yeah. show and he basically calls every single shot they do audition tapes right yeah so it's open audition tapes and then there's like a few more stages like phone calls interviews whatever mm. and psych screenings but he has the final say on everything because it is his show and he gets all the money from it at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you like rupaul no 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 not at all do you I, I don't think I know enough to be able to judge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably don't know enough either, but... No, but I'm I feel like the, the fans of the show seem to always be quite critical of Ruth. Yes. What are the problems? I think there's, like, a few main problems. I think the most important problem is his personality, that he comes in each week with the I'm above these queens, that, which is true. The reason the queen's there 
are because of him and whatever he's done. But he knows that, so he shows it to the queens. So it always comes off as, oh, I don't have any time or respect for you, which I think is just completely wrong. Because even if he's accomplished more in his career, he should still show a high level of respect to every drag race queen who enters the door. Do you think he's become more like that as in more recent seasons? Or I has he always been like that? I think there's always been a hint of it, but I think it's become more and more through the later seasons. Especially if you look at season seven, which is kind of a middle season at this point, with the Pearl liaison moment where Pearl goes, do I have something on my face? The way that we responded and talked about that afterwards was very much... Uh... How, what was the situation? So... Pearl and Rue were in the workroom just discussing, chatting as Rue does when he does his walk arounds. And Rue said something and then just kind of didn't say anything else, waiting for Pearl to respond. And then Pearl was just like, oh, do I have something on my face? Like, what are you looking at kind of thing? Oh, in a sassy way? Kind of sassy. Mm -hmm. And then Rue was like, didn't say anything, just kind of left. But then he talked about it on his podcast with... um, Michelle Visage being like, oh, the way I held it back and I was so good, I didn't let rip at her and I just wanted to shout at her and be like, you didn't, you're nothing, like, how could you do this? And just all of that stuff is kind of like, ooh, this man's not a good person. And also with Pearl Liaison, hashtag justice for Pearl, (laughs) was um, in the season when Pearl basically said to him off camera, was like, oh, I love you, you're such an inspiration to me, you're my idol and all of that. And he went, it's not on camera, so it doesn't mean anything. And kind of walked away and just left him. When she'd said all that, he was like, it's not being filmed, so it doesn't matter. Mm. And then my second problem with him, well, the fandom, I say my, the fandom second problem with him is yeah. that he's out there criticising all these looks every single week, but he can't turn these looks himself. His makeup he gets Raven to do. He doesn't do any... Does Raven thing. do his makeup? Raven does his makeup every single week. That's why Raven appears in the most seasons, because she's always there as oh. part of the crew. So that's how she was, was it, Was she came. hired because of it? Because she was on Drag Race, or...? She was on Drag Race, then she was, like, super good, Rue loved his makeup, and then she hired... Rue hired Raven to do his makeup ever since. Oh. So she does his makeup, his stylists make the dresses, his stylists literally put him in the dresses, put the wigs on, and then he does his runway walk, says what he's going to say, sits down and puts on sweatpants. He couldn't... I don't think he could be at the level of the queens that he's getting on his show every week. He could not be at their level. To be fair, he's a bit older than them, and he's already done his time, don't you think? He has, but he's... When he did his performance in the season 13 finale, it was awful he kind of just like walked around with his hands in the air a bit and it was it's just i think he's far too critical for someone who couldn't be up to standard there like with the joe black moment he didn't need to be as rude to joe black as he was about the h&m mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah that's the wow. problems with rupaul what do you think about michelle visage i do like michelle visage and i mean i'm also a massive fan of strictly so when she came to strictly it was like oh my god when the worlds collide <laughs> But I was obsessed with her because I thought she has such a good personality and she seems to me super lovely. And she has she seemed... been there from season one? No. Oh, this is where I... My fact-checking, I think she came on season four or season five, but she mm. wasn't... It was originally like Santino Rice. Instead oh, him? Of... Yeah, like... But, mm. you know, so Michelle Visage was season four or five, but she's been long-term friend with Rue. And I mean, I do really like Michelle Visage and have a lot of time for her. And I mean, <laughs> when she was on Strictly, it was like, I really want her to win this show sadly mm. she didn't and she got eliminated dance d- dancing to vogue by madonna which is really sad because it was like the couple's choice and she's like i'm gonna do like a whole pride kind of dance mm-hmm. pay homage to like 
Madonna and all the voguing, and then she got eliminated with the lowest score. Uh. I mean, it was still a good score, but it was the lowest score. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think she's too harsh? You think she's just like the right? I think there are instances where she's she too... sort of she sort of takes the bad guy role. Yeah, but... she takes the bad guy in the same way that Bianca Del Rio does. But when you look, at it, she's a lovely person. Like with the Daughter Lana on All Stars Two, she was like to adore in like episode one. Like you've not elevated your drag. I don't care about your hog body line. It's a dollar store dress kind of like it's awful kind of thing and then adore next episode that like, actually i'm gonna leave i can't deal with the judgment and she's crying whatever so michelle drives over from her house comes to the studio and speaks to adore and like is properly lovely to adore so i think michelle is harsh but she always says it with the intention of helping someone to get better i don't think she's just rude for the sake of being rude mm-hmm. where i feel with Bruce sometimes he's like just rude because like He's he says sometimes just don't waste my time. I don't want to hear any more goddamn excuses. Like mm-hmm. that's not necessarily necessary. Like he can give the criticism and be constructive with it, not just be rude. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a chunk of the show is basically just like you have to pay reverence to Rue. Exactly. I mean, sure, he deserves the respect, whatever, because he built his career. He's the reason that drag is so big today. But I don't think necessarily it should be as much Rue. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it should be more focusing on the art form of drag. Well, I guess if you're the one, if you're Rue and you're the person who's created this drag competition, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not as egotistical to make it all about me, but I can understand why he would do that if he was the only one who's made to make this kind of competition. No, I'm sure that he definitely, but I think there's a balance he could find where he pays homage to himself to his work, whatever he's done. Don't you get bored of it? Like years and years of telling it, getting everyone to say how much they love you. Yeah, I mean, come on then, you would. But I just think we just like, oh, money and feeding my ego. So he doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. That's quite a cynical view though. Mm. Is that is that the general consensus amongst the fandom? I'm not sure. I think that, especially the fans that I talk to, it's very much a general consensus. I don't think there are many people who like Rue. They love his show, but not necessarily him. I see. You know those other people they always have as the judges, like the, those gay guys? Yeah, yeah. Who Ross are Matthews they? Well, like, Presley, <laughs> fashion superstar and fashion superstar Carson Kresley in the same turtleneck on suit every single week <laughs> and the hilarious Ross Matthew with zero jokes yeah that's just <laughs> oh this is me completely shady but um no I don't I've never really heard of them and they don't add much no, what do like, they do? I want on the judging panel I want like Bob the Drag Queen or Peppermint or Monet or like mm-hmm. previous queens like, I think it'd be so cool if you had Michelle Rue and a couple of past queens yeah personally I think that could be super cool. Yeah, I agree. Or even like in Canada where there's like three kind of hosts and one other person, like, because there was Stacey, Jeffrey Oh, because that one's not based in like, Rue. Yeah, that's one it? without Rue. So there was, it, I think that, this is the problem with Canada. The format, I think, was better, but the judging was so poor, it kind of overrode the fact mm-hmm. that Rue wasn't there and there wasn't the focus on Rue as much. Oh. I mean, Rue's had categories that were the RuPaul roast or Night of a Thousand Rues I'm just like come on now you know I remember one where they did like the life story of Ru as like a musical or something yeah that was like season that. 5 where they danced their mm-hmm. way through and I was like oh no that's uncomfortable <laughs> so you prefer the um, the American version to the British one yes probably quite controversially I mean the casts are pretty much equal but I think that there's a level of polish and the challenge is more interesting on the US 
version. So the fashion, I, I look at the US and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Whereas in the UK seasons, there's not been that many looks. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. I mean, kudos to Ahura from the UK too. She did kill it. Shout out to her super Shiro, Shiro's look. That was exceptional. But the what, blue one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The red with the shoulders that went like bump mm -hmm. as she walked on the runway. But when you compare that to the likes of Gottmik, Aquaria, Jada Essence Hall, they don't even really compare. Is it the stuff that they get made for them or the, the stuff that they make themselves? I think it's a bit of both. So obviously the stuff that's better normally is the stuff they get made for them. But also I think the ball in general is normally better on the US seasons. But then I think that's the cycle because on the UK seasons, there's less exposure for the queens beforehand. And also after the show, there's not less exposure, but they don't get any cash prizes for winning or there's no cash prizes throughout. So the drag queens can't afford to spend as much money on the looks, which they can in the US where everything's sponsored. And there's like you win $2,500 for winning a mini challenge. Whereas true. in the UK, you win a max challenge, you get a coveted repeat of ads. Oh my God, that's so true. Yeah. I just feel so bad for them because like the Vivian with her three wins on UK one getting three repeated badges and then like Ben de la Creme with five wins on all stars getting fifty thousand dollars it's like oh yeah definitely a bit insane the, um isn't the the winner of the UK one gets to make a tv show gets to make a short film in Hollywood like what happens like, uh, nothing no cares? one ever even watches it except for the super super hardcore Drag Race fans yeah. whereas I mean who wouldn't want to win the US one where you get like a year's supply of Anastasia Beverly Hills Cosmetics and a mm. hundred thousand dollars. I sound like an advert for this show. <laughs> Just reeling off the prizes. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Do you think it's going to change or? Is it I guess it depends I on I mean, the fact it, that it's BBC. Isn't exactly. It? it can't change the BBC because there's some rules because it, the channel itself is free without adverts. They can't put any adverts or advertising on it by law mm -hmm. so it can't change so the funniest thing is when you watch drag race down under and it's like you have one a five night stay to of your choice because <laughs> like they can't say the company so it's just like to any house of your choice in perth or, or something <laughs> like that oh because they show it on the bbc but yeah they but they just one. cut out the names oh i see oh that's why like whenever you've watched there was like other products are available exactly other... yeah okay because cool. they have to cut out mm -hmm. any names do you, is there a distinction between being a drag queen and then just like being someone who wears like uh someone who wears dresses? I think that's a very up? um difficult question. I mean whenever I hear that question I always think of the line from Jay Jamie the musical where it's like a boy in a dress is something to be laughed at, but a drag queen is something to be feared. And I'm like, maybe there is some truth to it, but I think anyone can be a drag queen provided they feel like it themselves. Whereas if you're just a boy in a dress you may not be in the same mindset but when you do drag fully it's like you feel like empowered and you feel like mm -hmm. it's just that just feels something so i think that i mean they're both they they can both be the exact same you cannot change anything but i think it's mainly like the mindset of it mm -hmm. or at least in my opinion anyway yeah didn't you say that like drag queen to be a drag queen is to be a performer yeah so so much of drag obviously is performing entertaining a crowd which just yeah. A boy in a dress, so to speak, in inverted commas. Not necessarily for other people. Exactly, it's just for you, like, or like, I mean, I wouldn't say you're a drag queen, like, when a lot of boys do when they're in their bathroom making a dress out of their towel or anything, that's mm -hmm. not necessarily a drag queen, mm -hmm. whereas, like, when you're properly on stage in a bodysuit, 
with heels and a wig. That is drag. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, women mm-hmm. can be drag queens, yeah. that wouldn't necessarily mean that they are of a lesser quality. No, I definitely don't think they are. What's the distinction there? Because I guess for women it's slightly different. I think it's harder, I mean. but I think for women it's more about the big, bold clothes or the big, bold makeup. So it's more of like mm-hmm. a themed outfit mm-hmm. rather than more extravagant. Exactly. That's what makes it a drag queen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also, again, it's the performing, entertaining crowd rather than just being yourself in your everyday life. It's kind of unfair how, like, a drag, I don't know, unfair or just like amazing the way that. They don't just do one thing, you know, they're just like... I think it's, it's pretty cool how, like, they're expect they're expected to not just be able to look amazing, but also sing, dance, act, be funny. Yeah, because in any other reality TV competition like BGT or The X, that's just one specific one skill. skill. But drag queens... And the way that we're all just here, like, oh, I don't like this queen because they could only do fashion and they could only sing and dance, but they couldn't do comedy, like... And we're like, we super harsh with it. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone does it. I sit there, I'm like, oh, you're awful, you missed a line there. Like, yeah. I can never do half the stuff that they do. But drag queens are expected to do everything. But then on the flip side, I don't necessarily think any of it's to as high a standard as on other TV shows. Like, you hear all the drag queen songs, or like after the show, like Tea or Coffee, Outside In, and whatever. This is it's an incredible song. Just <laughs> I put that out there. Or Bimini Bumbi Lashes in like, UK hum, but so much of it is auto-tuned that it does kind of it's, take it's away. It's like, it, it sounds like bubblegum pop. Exactly, like. it's very much there. Yeah. So I think they're expected to do everything, but because of that, not not as much of it's to a high level. I think the fashion's to an extremely high level. But all Would you other... see it more as costumey than fashion? Ooh, I've always found that a really difficult one, because I know that some drag queens hate the word costumey. Like, I think... Oh, I think Rosé had, like, some looks, so I was costumey, but I'd say I don't think it's necessarily costumey because it's proper fashionable looks. People associate costumey with, like, tacky and kind of, like, just mm-hmm. just to see once on stage from afar. But, like, with drag, you can see it properly up close, but there is definitely an element of it that is, like, they're putting on a character in drag, which mm-hmm. you could say is costumey. Yeah. So basically, I just said a whole lot of nothing and didn't really answer the question. <laughs> um... I don't know if there is that much of a distinction between costume and fashion. Yeah. But yeah, people use costume as sort of like a derogatory term. Yeah, exactly. So it's not fashion, it's costume. costume. But, I mean, again, costumes can be incredible. Exactly, and again, I They're think it's They're very expensive how you if you get a, do, get a really good one. Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, I've always <clears> thought that the costumes in the Globe Theatre are quite random. I've always thought those are the most amazing costumes, especially mm-hmm. the Victorian outfits. I mean, this was closeted me who was never who was like in year six like, oh i'd never put on a dress and mm-hmm. then i went to the go people like oh a boy has to wear the dress so there i was sitting with like the whole rolls and the hoop skirts and then oh, the yeah. globe theater and i was oh like this is amazing <laughs> but um so i definitely think that that kind of um costumes are amazing i wouldn't call them like tacky or anything they're incredible mm-hmm. costumes but they would probably still be classed as costumes but the fact that generally the clothes that the drag queens wear, they're not wearing like established fashion brands usually. Yeah. You wouldn't catch them in a like a, a Gucci dress or anything. No. It'll be more, I don't know, 
Is it where Florence do they get their Dealey. stuff? So there, there's a lot of designers that do it specifically for drags, like Florence Dealey has made. I mean, is it because of the proportions are different? I mean, the proportions there? are completely different because it's dealing with men in general versus women, women. But also, I think what's required of the looks is kind of different because with like Vera Wang or Gucci or any of these kind of things, they're designing for ball gowns, they're designing for red carpet events to be seen up close. Where as opposed the, to a performance. Exactly with drag, it's for performing. It's for like costumes sometimes from afar for tv so i think that's kind of where the difference lies mm -hmm. and also because drag queens are expected to be able to make some of their own fashion there's a lot of that kind of people making their own clothes as sort of practice for the runway sometimes as well mm -hmm. but also there's not the budget that there is for like celebrities who are being dressed in gucci and alexander mcqueen but queens don't have that budget with limited exposure. Mm. So people are having to like take out double mortgages on their house just to get some money to, for drag. And then they're going home second or third. And it's just... Yeah. Yeah. And But on the flip side, you get some queens like Gottmik. She was dressed in Chanel, I think they dressed her when she went to... Oh, she was at some awards. The Emmys, potentially, dressed in Gucci. So she, yeah. in established designers. So when they get more exposure yes easy. and when they go to award ceremonies in drag it's much more of the mm -hmm. established designers and like aquarius then a lot with machina i think oh yeah nice. so there's a lot of that as well i should probably not fill my brain with as much drag racing stuff as i know no, i'm good. just sitting here reeling off everything everyone has their thing <clears throat> yeah but i mean also for me i think drag race oh this is gonna be <laughs> weird but like was such a awakening for me in the form of drag because mm -hmm. i've always known part of me that I wanted to do drag or like I liked dressing up mm -hmm. in like girls clothes but I've never until I watched Drag Race there was never this place I was like this is what I want to do this is what I want to be like. Had you ever seen any drag queens before? No because I, I mean as society is like a very kind of straight society there's not unless you're in the gay scene there's not much just many drag queens just out and about that you'd see every day. So like Dame Edna whatever her name is. No. No. And Ed Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> the incredible. <laughs> no. Um, Ed Murphy. Oh. The, 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 oh, the Australian one. Yeah, the no, one I know. Um, funky Ed... glasses. Oh, I can't even I know exactly. I can yeah. picture her, but. Also, Paula Grady used to do drag. Yeah, and there was an, a one in the UK who I can't remember. But to be fair, I'd seen one drag queen band on BGT and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. They were like really? drag queens. It was like a complete LGBT drag queen band where they mm -hmm. were like playing all the instruments and doing it all in drag. And I was like, this is so cool. But um, Drag Race is a big part mm -hmm. of discovering that side of me. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And I think it is to so many people. And I think that's one of the best things about it, that people finally feel like this is what I want to do or this is what I identified this explains my childhood putting on dresses and heels mm -hmm. yeah who's your favorite drag queen who's ever been on Ooh, do you have one i've one? got like i'd say three favorites okay i would say they're quite versatile they're not they're all very similar <laughs> so my original favorite from any season i've ever seen was miss cracker like i watched that season and i was in love with what her season is that? she was season 10 so she came fifth, spoiler alert. <laughs> so she came fifth and honestly, I was properly in love with her. I thought she killed it. She had an amazing level of confidence. She was just great. I was so upset when she left. Mm -hmm. Then she came back for All Stars 5. She killed it. She had the most wins. She did the best in All Stars 5. Spoiler alert again. But um, mm -hmm. she didn't win the season. She came like second, which I thought was quite upsetting. Mm -hmm. So she was my original favourite. And also she's Jewish, so 
we do love to see a Jewish queen. <laughs> yes. And then <clears throat> on season 12 was Jada Essence Hall. I was obsessed. She was amazing. Her looks every single week was such a high standard. and She sewed them all herself. And she had less time than everyone else to prepare because she was like a filler queen. Because to me, she, Imam was going to be the queen. But then she got breast... Well, she got some sort of cancer, actually. I'm not sure. So Jada Essence Hall um. filled in. So that's why she had such little time, but she still turned out incredible looks. And then, spoiler alert, she won <laughs> and deserved it. Wait, how many how many episodes in did she have to? No, so that so Tamisha Man got the call to say you're going to be on season twelve, but mm-hmm. then like the the week later, she got a call from the doc saying you've got cancer, so they had to cancel her. This was like five weeks before they started filming, and then they had to, had to bring in Jada Essence Hall after that. Oh, so time to prepare was... was Yes, the time to prepare was shorter than all the other queens. How much time do they usually have? I think they're like four to six weeks to prepare, but they have to prepare like 15 to 20 runways because some of them... So they're told beforehand like what all the categories are going to be. Yes, so they're told like these are... But they're also given extra categories because production's not always decided on the exact runways it wants. And they always have to bring extras. And a lot of queens for the makeover challenge are bringing lots of extras so they can decide what they put people in on the day. And so my third favourite queen, who's currently my favourite at the moment, is Rosé, which is quite controversial. A lot of people after watching season 13 were like, oh, she's so bland, she's basic. But I was like, the level... So your favourite queens are all the more recent ones? Well, yeah. Except for TKB, I do love TKB. So Trinity Cabernet was season six, which isn't that old, but it's fairly old. And I also love Jinx Monsoon from season five. Love Jinx. She's amazing. She's like Seattle's prime narcoleptic Jewish drag queen, like iconic. Oh yeah, I forgot she had narcolepsy. That's yeah, exactly. So, that was so funny. Everyone's like really stressing out, and then she just falls asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and the cinematic parallels between that and then Aiden Zane in season twelve and the design challenge where he like puts some balls on his corset and then just sleeps, and Brissa gets so annoyed at him. <laughs> I only need to fill my head with other stuff. But yeah, at the moment, I'm obsessed with Rosé. And I'm still sitting here like, oh, she was so unfairly treated on her season. It was rigged against her. She should have won the entire season, but it was rigged against her. So that's my stance on it. And people disagree with that? A, a lot of people do. They're like, oh, she was boring. She was basic. It was Simone's win. Simone was interesting and deserved it. But. First of all, now here just comes the statistics page, just me rattling off. Yeah, just do it. I will, you know, this is what you're here for. But um, Rosé never landed below, like, low, but she only got low because of Tina Burner. So she would have been safe, so would have never been below safe. She's the second best track record in Drag Race herstory. (laughs) She wouldn't, she deserved two more highs, but RuPaul didn't like her, so put her safe twice when she should have been high. And also, in the final, she twisted her ankle the day before the final, and so she had to lip sync with a twisted ankle so I couldn't move as much, so there was no way she was ever going to win her lip sync for the crown. So all in all, she deserved the crown. Thank you. Wow, very nice. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit confused as to how they choose the winner. So they record multiple... Potential. Yeah, so they record every outcome because in season three, Paris Hilton was there and leaked the winner two days before it aired. Oh, that's like a Prue Leaf moment. Yeah, exactly, except I think Paris Hilton was a bit more deliberate than Prue Leaf and there's no time zones involved. But, um, no, so they film every 
outcome possible. So, that, so that's why also the audience reactions don't look authentic because they never know if it's the real winner or not. Mm -hmm. So then they choose based on the fan support nearing the end. And also Rue just kind of decides, Simone, I like you. You don't deserve it, but I like you. That doesn't, yeah, because the, the winner of season two of the UK won, it, it, I was so sure that Bimini was going to win. Yeah. Because Bimini was the most popular by far. And the rumours say that Bimini was supposed to win, they got her tape ready to win, but because they there'd been so many spoilers and leaks about it, basically Drag Race wanted to say, fuck you, stop spoiling our show. So then they changed it the day before That's to ridiculous. Lawrence. That's ridiculous. That's what... like Game of Thrones garbage, where they're like... You all have figured out the ending and I don't want you to figure it out because exactly. I'm the smart one. So I'm just going to mess everything up and make it something completely different. And then it just ruins everything else they've done and built up to. Exactly. It's just ruined his superiority <sighs> complex. It's so bad. But at the end of the day, winning the UK seasons mean nothing anyway because you don't really get a proper prize. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, good for Lawrence, I guess. Yeah, I mean, she did... I loved Lawrence. I was Team Lawrence. I was one of the few who at the end was still hardcore Team Lawrence. I was at the beginning, and then towards the end, it was like, it has to be Bimini. Yeah, I mean, Bimini definitely had the character growth in the redemption arc, but Lawrence, there was just something that Lawrence I loved about really her. Lawrence was really annoying when she just kept going on about... Um, Comedy lineup. Yeah, the lineup, and she was kept saying she felt like she was being backstabbed. It was like, it's really not that big of a deal. That did annoy me, but I was like, if you look at the entire picture, she was more amazing throughout to me than Bimini because Bimini was bottom then like safe safe high whereas like Lawrence got off on the right foot and kind of stayed there she had a couple of dips but she stayed there all of the moments where she had to be like funny I feel like that's when she was the worst yeah it was like when there was the pressure for her to be funny she just failed even though she was like the funniest queen naturally mm -hmm. yeah but no but I think what's really cute about the UK seasons the top four and actually the top five even get on so well that they're all really close and like Bimini Bombulas, the utter sweetheart that she is, send the other three top four flowers, four coloured flowers with each of their colours for the promos because the promo thing was pride colours. Uh -huh. So they each had a different colour. So then Bimini sent them all flowers with all four of their colours to represent the top four like at the end of it. And I thought that was really That's sweet. Cute. I just like that I, like, they're much more like, I know where they're from and I can sort yeah. of, I understand them. And the humour is more relatable. Exactly. But... For me personally, I watch it for the polish and the high level and the constant, like, so this is the best of the You best. prefer the glam? I prefer the glam. As opposed to, like, a comedy queen? or. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm more of just a fashion queen. I like personality. I like someone who's going to excel at everything. So, Jade Essence Hall or Rosé. Shock horror. But, mm -hmm. like, I like someone who can serve you looks in the runway, then who's hysterical in an acting challenge, who wins the snatch game, who also wins you the ball. You want someone who's perfect. Yeah, exactly. I don't want any flaws. <laughs> no. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I just want someone who... But fashion is super important because I think that's what you see each week. Like, a good runway can save you from lip syncing. So, for me, fashion is super important as well. The lip syncing thing, I think, like, there's only so much you can do with a lip sync. Am I yeah. right? It's It gets to a point where it's like they're both performing the same kind of level. So, exactly. it does how does one judge... It just becomes Rue picking his favourites. I mean, that is kind of all of Drag Race, just Rue deciding who he prefers. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point when there's only so many flips and cartwheels and handstands that you can do without it getting and boring. Death drops. Exactly. 
Oh yeah, we can. That's all been drag. <laughs> yeah, I know it's all been drag. I'm quite interesting. Yes, it's one of those things that I could just sit and talk <clears throat> about and rewatch and watch. I mean, it's for me. It's always been quite comforting mm-hmm. to know there's other people like me. Yeah. How? Yeah, of course. How can I? I just I stick it on Drag Race for a bit. Yeah. How how has the show changed from season one? Like, what are the biggest changes? <laughs> in a way, the biggest one, the biggest change, the season one filter to not having that season one filter now. So originally, the season one came out in two thousand and nine, <clears throat> and I'm not really sure why. I don't really think there was an excuse, but the camera quality was awful. You could see it was very low budget, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it was very grainy. It was like, oh, you can't really see anything. So that's definitely changed. It's definitely now higher quality, higher caliber. But also in the show itself, between season one and three, there were many, many more design challenges. It was much more the queen putting to putting to the test their ability to make costumes. But as the seasons have gone on, there've been less and less design, and it's been more performance, comedy, acting, mm-hmm. and people have basically said the more money you have the easier it is to do well because you can buy these exceptional runways and you're not really you maybe have one or two design challenges throughout the entire yeah. season so you don't have to make as many yeah yeah i think those in my opinion anyway are the main changes so i think there's definitely been some changes for the better some for the worst like rupaul getting a bit bigger headed as it goes on but mm-hmm. that's just me being a cynic but also the quality of lip sync has improved phenomenally like, yeah the, we, we've got some incredible lip syncs in the later seasons i mean there's some amazing ones in the earlier seasons like season two kyla sonique versus morgan was amazing season five coco versus Alyssa, Alyssa versus roxy coco versus anyone incredible <laughs> season yeah. six trinity cabernet every lip sync she was in especially trinity versus april exceptional but as the later seasons have gone on, they've got better. Except for season 12 and 13 where it went down a bit. But then the All-Stars 6 has made up for it so far. So far. So far. Oh. <laughs> the, the second lip sync on All-Stars 6. I've watched it. I haven't actually seen the episode, but I've seen that second lip sync. That was spectacular. Well, isn't that a spoiler? Because you know who is in the lip sync. It's awful because I watch all the spoilers before the show. So I, by, by the time I'm watching episode 1, I know where every queen places and how many challenge wins. Oh, that's really bad. <clears throat> it's really bad, but because I guess I'm so obsessed that I don't mm. want the surprise. I just want to know how they do, you know? Have so, you ever tried he- holding back just to see I've what I've tried and I've only like. caved in by the end of episode one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've finished episode one, but like, oh, who goes home next week? And then I've... Oh, no. I oh. do need to get, to get to a point where I just don't watch the spoilers. I yeah. think that's probably better and will give a more enjoyable view. I mean, I love it either way, to be fair. What other shows are you? Strictly and... I love Strictly, Bake Off. Bake Off. Have you watched yeah. all of them? No, I'm... I mean, Strictly's been on forever. Strictly I've seen since 2014, 2013. 2014. Oh, really? So, okay. I mean, I'd say at this point I'm quite a mega fan. Like, the later seasons I'm very on top of who did what. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlotte got me the best Christmas present with... She got me this whole <laughs> Strictly... Um, what's the word? It was that book thing. Annual. Is that what it's called? No. Annual. Is that the word? I mean, that means every year. No, I know, but it's... I know that I mean, with you, but... I swear it's that. I don't know what You've it is. You've got the book about Strictly. It's not an album. It's that... It was a Strictly book. It was, it was like book a yearbook. About specifically this season. Yeah. 
and it was amazing. And I'm. And then you that. were like, I get them every year. I was like, what? No, I wasn't. I get <laughs> the calendars every year. I oh, don't get the annual. You don't get the actual. No, book. I've never got the oh. annuals. I've always got the calendars in my room every year. Yeah, there's always calendars oh with some lovely dancers. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, dear me. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite style of dance that they do on Strictly? I love an Argentine tango. It's the so, sexy one. It's sexy, it's passionate, it's powerful. All the good shows, I'm like, yes, hit those points. It's amazing. Very sharp. Exactly, but then I'm also a sucker for an elegant Viennese waltz. I really? Do I don't like the waltz. and All the ballroom ones I find boring. No, I think I think the ballroom, because I love the frame with like the arched back and mm. the spread arms and the being able to hold an egg cup in your hand, all of that I think is mm. beautiful. The elegance. It's the very elegant. Um, I'm trying to think what other... I mean, I do love salsa and it's... Oh, a jive. I do love a good jive. The jumpy one. Yes, with the flicks and the kicks yeah. of the fever. Alexandra Burke has an incredible jive with Gorka Marquez to Proud Mary by Tina Turner. She was in a stunning silver fringe. Of course she was doing it to Proud Mary. Of, of course, course she was. What else? She was in like the Tina Turner silver fringe with yeah, the big curl. So it was exceptional. Like genuinely exceptional. That was amazing. <laughs> I love that. Who's the best of all the pros? Okay. I think of the female pros, probably Katty is very good. Mm-hmm. Or maybe... Hmm, there's none that are quite that standout. Yeah, probably Katty is very, the best. No, I'm talking rubbish. Ata Mabuse, exceptional. Ata Mabuse is the best pro by a mile. Really? I just forgot about her because I'm so used to thinking <laughs> of her as a judge because I see her judging on The Greatest Dancer that uh, I was like, yeah. she's only a judge. No, she's an exceptional pro. Like, she won two years in a row, the only um, the only ever pro to win two years in a row. And one of, like, she's got the record for the most wins tied with like, Aliona Verley or whatever for mm. two um, winning twice. She's amazing. Of the male pros, Giovanni... He's made it to the final every year except once, I think, mm-hmm. or maybe twice. No, yeah, twice. He really? didn't make it wow. with um, Michelle Visage, and he didn't make it with um, Laura... Somebody. Laura Whitley? Whitmore. Whitmore. Laura, Laura Whitmore. So those are the two that he didn't make it to the final with, but everyone else he's made mm. it to the final. I didn't know Laura Whitmore was on Strictly. Yeah, there was apparently quite a feud because she went on the year after George Mayfoot and George Mayfoot and Giovanni had a thing and she was best friends at the time with George Mayfoot and then Laura Whitmore went on with Giovanni who'd just broken up with George Mayfoot so mm-hmm. there was a whole kind of messy situation. Oh, the there. Strictly curse. Oh, the Strictly I think the Strictly curse is such an interesting thing because I think it's not necessarily a curse because it's Strictly. It's more a curse because you're spending so much time with someone and you're doing passionate dance where you're on top of each other mm-hmm. 12 hours a day, five days a week. So, I mean, I think you could, say, you could say that about many stage films. Like, if you're playing a husband and wife in a film, mm-hmm. that kind of curse could happen. But I think people put it with Strictly... Because, because it forces them to be in that kind of Exactly, and it's one of the most intense shows... In the t- in terms of being with each other all day every day, the only curse of Strictly that I believe in is the the Giovanni Halloween curse because every single year that he's been on Strictly, he's been top of the leaderboard on Halloween. So I definitely think there's some really? truth to 
Giovanni in Halloween because he's never not not been at the top of the leaderboard in Halloween, which is quite impressive. Like he didn't. I like all the little themes that they do each week. I know they're costume. so cute. My favorite classic stereotype for me is um the musicals week. I do love a good musical. So don't they run out? Honestly, they never run out. They can reuse them because every dancer and every dance style is com- mm. different. They can get away with doing like. Mamma Mia 65,000 times I love the musicals I mean Frankie Bit Bridge did an amazing American Smooth I think I Want to Be in America she oh, killed that did she win? no she, that was the era of Kevin Clifton where he'd made the final every year but never won so uh, wait didn't he he was married to one of the he was married to Karen Clifton who used to be Karen Howard before they got married. Then they got divorced. That's a bit awkward. It is. They, but they both stayed on the show. Yeah. Then Kevin Clifton it's was Stacey paired with Stacey right? Dooley. Then Stacey Dooley had an affair with Kevin, so she cheated on her boyfriend with him. Oof. Then they won the season. Then Kevin Clifton quit the season. Why did he quit? He, not the season, sorry. He quit the show yeah. afterwards. Because there was... I know he did one more season and I think he was given the worst partner because of his naughty behaviour. Uh. And so he kind of quit. Like with Katya Jones when she had an affair with Sean somebody, I can't remember. Oh, the comedian guy. Yeah. Walsh, I think it was. Sean Walsh had an affair, then obviously divorced with her husband, who was also a professional dancer and still is. They both still are professional dancers. The next yeah. year she was given an awful partner as well as like a punishment for behaving naughtily the year mm. before. Wow. I remember a few years ago, the professional dancers, there was this married couple, James and, what was her name, Eva? Or Eva? Sure. Evans. And then one of them, I think the story was like, it was James a bit... James and Eva. Do you know who I'm talking about? James and Ola Jordan. Oh, Ola, that was it. James and Ola yeah, Jordan. Yeah. Where did I get that from? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I got the James right. Yeah. Um, he went on Dancing on Ice after that, actually. And that won. really annoyed me. I was completely opposite to you. I why, was so happy. Why is he allowed? He's a professional dancer and he's going on Dancing on Ice. Yeah. So he can already do half of the stuff you're required to do. Okay, but then you had Perry from Diversity. He went on. and He, he shouldn't have pro- done it either. No, I didn't know fair. who was on. <laughs> I don't think any dancer should be on Dancing on but Ice. But I think it is a different difficult skill of learning to ice skate and none of these people have ever ice skated before yeah but once you can dance you've done you've you've done half the work true i mean when you see Jam and collins trying to ice yeah, dance she can't dance or ice skate exactly it's a <laughs> poor thing like yeah no i, I, I do see that, that. completely unfair that he was but all these shows do that i mean when you even with strictly you have people like Maisie smith i mean i love Maisie smith and Alexandra Burke as much as it pains me to say it mm-hmm. they've had some sort of dance training maybe not ballroom or Latin yeah. but they've had dance training so they know they've mm-hmm. got the rhythm they know they've got the moves but, so yeah. I think all these shows do it to try and get someone who's going to get to the end and be of a high standard because they don't just want 15 duds for a season because that would be boring watching yeah oh do you think that they actually think about like how good everyone's going to oh absolutely they like kind like, of okay, audition everyone they didn't audition but they but get like, to see everyone stand they before they choose the cast so mm-hmm. they know that they're going to have a whole range of a spectrum so they can have some people going out first who can't dance and then some yeah. people who can and there's always a few surprises they thrown didn't in there. Bill Bailey. Like, he was amazing it was, i was so shocked i thought he was going to be one of the the you know the rubbish yeah i mean week one was awful i can't remember what he did it was just bad week two he did a quick step with the whole animal theme and that Mm. was exceptional i was like oh my god bill bailey's a contender how did he do that (laughs) 
Um, it so was no, amazing. That was incredible. Did he win? Yeah, Bill Bailey. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot. He won with OT. Yeah, he did. Good old OT. Amazing. Amazing. And she seems so lovely. And her sister's so nice. And the judging panel... Her sister should not be a judge. I'm sorry. I agree with that. I mean, her sister... I mean, Motsi's judging isn't even, like, amazing. It's not like another Len Goodman. It's not like, wow, this is a great judge. She's mm-hmm. good. She's lovely. She never gives any, like, proper constructive criticism it's always that oh i really love the fact you smiled through it right i connected mm-hmm. with your dancing well what about the footwork what about the posture Wishy what about the hands yeah. exactly she never says anything bad really mm, you always make me smile Just oh she's like up. i mean like it's nice and i'd want you to judge me because you'd be nice but you never know mm-hmm. where you sound Exactly. But um, I'm super excited this year we get Anton Debeck for the entire season. Because mm-hmm. he was really good for his two-week stint, I thought. He was. I remember, I did find, like, I, there was, I think it was with the ballroom stuff. Mm-hmm. He was a good judge because that's, like, his thing. His thing. But then there were other times where he was doing that wishy I think they sort of have to. Do that they do have to do a bit of wishy-washy because it is still a family show yeah. and they want people to enjoy dance. Yeah. But. It annoys me. I wish it could all just be, like, actual, like, critiques. Yeah. But also, I think Anton, sometimes he just completely overmarked people. He was giving people nines when Craig was giving them sixes. So it was like, okay. Yeah, I was, as they would go along, it was like everyone would go up by like half a point. It was was like, that's a bit ridiculous. But you get that with every show. I mean, on Dancing on Ice, you get Torvaldine with like harsh markers. And then you get. John Barrowman. No, why is he's he the harshest. There? He's the harshest but of all. Why is markers. he there? What does he know about dancing on ice? Oh, he knows musical theatre, which is performing, which is basically dancing. Pretty much, and on ice. Yeah, exactly. He couldn't <laughs> do any same. of it himself. Of course. What's the fourth? Ashley Banjo. Ashley, Ashley Banjo is always a fairly high marker, I find. I mean, I love dancing on ice yeah. as well. I mean, it, his sort of dancing is not the kind of thing they're doing on dancing no exactly and actually this annoyed me with the whole Motsi and ot situation on um strictly it was worse with ashley banjo and perry from diversity they're in the same band together yeah gosh and then they were judging each other and perry was the one who was going to win but he didn't actually win that series um i think joe joe swashed it no that was the season before Oh, this is going to annoy me now. I can't remember. Mm. And then the latest season, I cannot remember either. That was with Lady Leisha. She was in the final. She was really good. I can't remember. It's so irrelevant. <laughs> but no, Dancing on Ice is great as well. Yeah. 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 I'm really obsessed with all these like reality TV shows. Mm, but also all the competitions that you like. Yeah, I do love a bit of competition in them, like Great British Bake Off. Mm-hmm. But Great British Bake Off annoys me because they always judge you weak solely they don't ever bring in the whole competition into account and that does that's, annoy me that's a good point yeah. so like when ermine went home i was like that's so unfair that Laura's... was ermine should have won yeah she should she, won. she got two star bakers in a row she had one bad week oh she God. went home she was the best one there and that girl that was her name laura, laura adlington shouldn't have been there it should have been gone weeks ago she was, was in the bottom oh almost every God. single week except for the pastry week she won which I mean, deserved to win anyway. It was an, an embarrassment on her in the final. It like, was. It and was then like, by the time she got to the final, there. she flopped in the final. And it was like, oh, that was predictable. Mm-hmm. So I think... They act like she deserved to be there, but she, she really didn't. did not. She I was mean, nowhere near the She really embodied level. when... Pru- she took to heart when Pruley said, you don't need to be the besties. We, you just need to not be the worst. She was that. She that was second it. That worst. That was literally her. Oh, my gosh. And yes. that was very frustrating. That was her. Yeah. Ugh. So I think that was annoying. But I mean, I guess it's easy for me to sit here and critique mm. all these shows that oh, this should be done definitely, or this or this. But like, so do you like dancing then? If you watch all these dancing, shows? I like dancing. I want to be able to dance. 
but I have two left feet, so... So have you ever tried? Have you gone to dance class? I've never had dance... I've always been too insecure in my sexuality to do that. This feels like I'm opening my entire life story (laughs) to this podcast. But I've always been like, oh, I'm not... What kind of dance would you like to do, if you could? Ballroom and Latin. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'll be perceived as, like, gay if I do it. Mm. Which is not good. I do not endorse that. If you think like that... Just ignore it anyway and do what you enjoy. Just dance, baby. Exactly. Watch Billy Elliot and dance. <laughs> oh, Billy Elliot is a great musical. It's, yeah. Oh, watching it is so good. The choreo, I love that musical. Mm-hmm. But, um, so no, I've never done it. I've always wanted to, and ice skating as well. I do ice skating, I'm decent at ice skating, I can do it, but mm-hmm. I've never had lessons for the same reasons. Okay. Well, do you think you might do it then, now that... No. Now that things are easier. Yeah, exactly. Why? Because I've actually come out to everyone. <laughs> yeah. I'm not hiding it anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I've kind of got to the point in my life where I'm kind of beyond having the lessons because I'm aware of, I'm going on a gap piece. I'm going to be travelling. I'm not going to have the time necessarily. But I would love to do ice dance. I think it would be so cool to be able to dance on ice. Mm-hmm. Oh. I've always said, when I, when I make it as a celebrity, not that I'm going to do anything as a celebrity, but I'll be a doctor, a boring doctor, and somehow I'll accidentally be a celebrity. I'm going on Dancing on Ice. Oh, yeah. You'll be one of those doctors that goes on this morning. Dr. Ranch. Yeah. Dr. Ranch, and then... Dr. Ranch has gone Strictly, if he can do it. Oh, my God, yeah. I'll and do it on Dancing on Ice. He was on, like, a kid's show that my sister used to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And Dr. Chris and Dr. Zan- Zander on Operation yes. Out. Oh my god, I used to watch that. I never watched it. I only ever watched it when I was au pairing my cousin. Mm. So I watched it with him every <laughs> yeah, because day. Because my sister's younger, I've like went through two generations yeah. worth of like kids' shows. No, I've got like younger siblings, but they always watched like Peppa Pig. Mm. And we never watched TV. So it was both the fact they always watched like Peppa Pig and we were limited to 20 minutes of TV a week. Oh my god, that's it. That's. Well, when right. when I was young, that was 20 minutes a week. But then by the time I got to my sister and brother, it was like kind of like 10 minutes to 20 minutes a day. Oh my but not God, much. So nothing. But, oh and my at God. that age, I hated TV. I thought it was so dull. Wow. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to read books. I know that I'm just going to read books and go outside on the trampoline. I don't want to watch your TV. Oh my and now God. I'm here like... I can't even imagine that. I know. I, I hope my kids are like that. No. They won't be. They'll I mean, be on the iPad from like birth. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now who I am like 10 years later age like 17 like oh i just want to watch tv i don't want to read any books don't wanna, yeah don't want to go outside Being i want to watch tv to books, exactly. i've never been like my parents have always been like you know what nagging is going to do nothing like mm-hmm. if you want to do it you'll do it we, we can tell you what we think you should do but nagging you you're just going to get like reluctant and not do it oh wow interesting parenting tactics. i know i mean i think it's kind of worked yeah. i mean for us it's like with my younger brother I'm I'm exposing on this podcast probably shouldn't <laughs> I think that they may be less like that but they're very much the kind of like we're not going to nag you you'll come around to it in your own time that's nice yeah it's like good that. I might wrap it up now yes I think so <laughs> as soon as I'm going on to the family it's like oh wow <laughs> okay so that was Noah yeah <laughs> yeah that's all I have to say on that you had fun there I did. That yeah. was lovely. I mean, I feel quite a lot about myself. A lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, it just happens, you know. It just does. It just once, does. once you get Charlotte on a microphone, conversations just flow. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's so funny? Whenever I have people doing this, everyone always looks at the phone as if it's a third person in the room. Oh, yeah. And it's like talking to it. Oh, no, I've just been talking directly no, to you. No, you've been doing that. Have I? The entire time I've been watching no, you. No, I feel like I was just talking to no, you. No, you don't even notice you're doing it. I, oh. It's so funny. 
I like watching it. It's really. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Here I was like, no, I'm different to everyone oh, else. I'm just talking. No, to you'll you. you'll look at me, but then you'll be like talking that way. <laughs> and then no, but then a lot of the times you're looking like that. <laughs> when you when you have a particular point to say and you're like, this is to the audience specifically, you'll go like that. <laughs> and you'll even point at it and things oh, like that. It's, it's really funny. Yeah. It's great. But that was fun. That was fun. That was great. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. For joining me. And me. No, I'm saying thank you to you for joining oh, me. I thought we were thanking the audience. Here I am again with the audience. <laughs> the audience are not to be thanked. Oh, they did nothing. I mean, if they stayed this long, respect to them. Like, respect. The amount of drag R-E-S-B-E-C-D. race we got through. Like, yeah. No, but it was, well it was, it was great. It was fun. very fun. Um, it's gonna cut off itself once it gets to 60 seconds. Big big brain. Big brain energy! (laughs) (laughs) Huzzah!